just started doing that. Um, I think I may have found like my first gray hair and I think it's from stress. So now I like can't ever not dye my hair again because I'm terrified to find out that I have gray hair. No, I have three. Here we I'm go. Not, I'm not ready to deal with aging. Yeah. One's on my head. One's in my eyebrows. And the other one is a place that shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> you, you really like buried the lead on that because yeah. you like immediately looked down and giggled so yeah like, well i know where one of those is <laughs> so now i get a brazilian every time i can because i don't want to comp- contemplate my own mortality oh my god this pre-episode conversation <laughs> in itself is an entirely like separate episode like this yeah. whole thing could be an episode i'm just yeah. saying yeah this is our That's our first shirt. Gray hairs down there. So we'd like to start this podcast off by saying that we're not historians. Uh, we do love history. We do try to use credible resources-ish. Uh, I used to use Wikipedia. I vowed not to use Wikipedia. Fun fact. Um, but if we have any like things that you're like, wah, 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 um, we also know that history has a very biased point of view. So if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, revisit, correct, uh, please email us um, and know that we're doing our best. Um, So, all right, Julie, are you going first? I am. I was was just scrolling down to check to see if I had used Wikipedia and I hadn't. Um, (gasps) So sorry about it, Wiki. Yeah. Uh, So this one I I have named, I'm calling it The Building of the Panama Canal, A Shade Crudité. Oh! Because I I originally chose this based on like one little shady story I heard, but in doing Mm -hmm. my research, there's like a lot of people misbehaving. (gasps) (laughs) Nice. And I'm going to probably mute myself back and forth a little bit because I'm a little mucusy today. I don't think you can cut that out. Nope. Even if I could, I would. Yeah, so every time you see a mute button, it's me, like, snorting my mucus. All right. Fall up north. What can I say? (laughs) The leaves smell like mold, and no one talks about it. (laughs) (laughs) So the idea of creating a water passage across the Isthmus of Panama Mm -hmm. uh, to link the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans, so it dates back until at least the 1500s. King Charles I of Spain, he tapped his regional governor, just survey a route along the Chagres River. We're also not pronunciation experts, by the way. <laughs> like, I try and look these up, and, like, I can't read those little things. I don't yeah. know. So the realization that such a route across the mountainous jungle terrain was deemed impossible at the time. But the idea was very tantalizing as a potential shortcut from Europe to Eastern Asia, because what they were doing was, like, going all the way around 
the southern tip of South America. Julie, you have what? to stop using sexy words in your shade. What? Tantalizing? <laughs> I thought you meant tip. <laughs> I mean also the southern tip. But <laughs> that's why it made me chuckle because you're like tantalizing and then you want to go around the southern tip. Um, <laughs> apparently this girl is thirsty because I was like, Julie, <laughs> continue. <laughs> okay, so in 1850, oh. the United States What's and up Great for the Britain, <laughs> Uh, they negotiated the Clayton-Bulwer Treaty, and it was an attempt to sort of rein in their rivalry over a proposed canal through the Central American Republic of Nicaragua, which I tried to say that as flat and plain American as possible, because it drives me crazy when you're like watching the news and someone's like, so I went to the store and I got my coffee today and my coffee was from Nicaragua. <laughs> So this Anglo-American canal, uh, it never went beyond the planning stages. Mm -hmm. Cue the French. The French decided they were going to build a canal through Panama, which at the time was a province of Colombia. Okay. So that got further. Um, the project was led by Count Ferdinand de Lesseps, the builder of the Suez Canal in Egypt, mm -hmm. um, which of course immediately made me think of that Ever After movie but they are not related because that was a fictional movie. So that's what that's my brain was like, I know that name. Right. <laughs> First off, I don't like romantic movies. I love ever after. Oh, I love that movie. I love that movie. Um, minor tangent. They did a workshop production of it as a musical a while ago. It was, yeah. um, it's like Jeremy Jordan and I want to say Sierra Vajas. Okay. I know Jeremy was in it. Um, so those are, that's a prince and a Cinderella for you. Right. And I, so I just, I don't understand why it didn't take off. But someone yeah. wrote a musical for it. Someone also broke ground on a planned sea level <laughs> canal in 1880. Um, yeah. But like, I, I don't know how much the French were involved in a planning stage uh, mm -hmm. because they just sort of like did not fully comprehend the challenge that they were facing. So there were incessant rains that caused landslides um, and there was like no effective means for combating the spread of yellow fever and malaria. Um, sort of tangentially related to this, I did sort of see an article related to like the discovery of like how to combat those like later and yeah. sort of instigated that. So that's kind of a cool thing. Um, but ultimately Delesseps belatedly realizes that a sea level canal is too difficult. So he reorganizes his efforts toward a lock canal, um, which is where like you go to one section and mm -hmm. it's locked and then they have the water come in and it raises up and it meets and then you unlock it and continue on. Um, but ultimately, like, the project runs out of funding in 1880. Like, the project goes bankrupt. And so while that's going on, the American interest continues. And in 1901, the Hay Poncefote, or Poncefote, that sounds good, <laughs> Treaty of 1901 obligated the earlier Clayton Bull War Treaty. So it replaces it. And it licensed the United States to build and manage its own canal. 
So within a few years, France has run out of money for their canal and the United States is like, we're going to build a canal. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there was some debate as to whether the United States would continue the work on the Panama Canal or attempt a route through Nicaragua, which is what their original plan was. Mm -hmm. Um, So Frenchman Philippe Banu Verria, uh, oh, he did the Nicaragua thing. I, you did. I wasn't <laughs> going to call it out, but I was like, um... Philip Manu Varilla lobbying <laughs> for U.S. approval of the Panamanian route. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, this is where my little shade came in. This is the story I originally heard. So he sent a copy of the 1900 Nicaraguan stamp to every member of Congress in the summer of 1902. So... Momotombo, the smoking volcano portrayed on the stamp, suggested that the Nicaraguan route, which was longer but potentially less of an engineering challenge than the Panamanian, 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 um, was on seismically dangerous ground. So he was an engineer himself. So he had, uh, this is a direct quote from Charles D. Ameringer from an article about this but he had both pride and also he wanted to quote, vindicate French genius. Uh, but also he had money invested in the Panamanian canal. Okay. So he purchased okay. 500 copies of these stamps um, <laughs> and it was located near Lake Nicaragua where the proposed canal would pass. He then sent a letter prominently featuring the stamp and a note reading, an official witness to volcanic activity in Nicaragua. So to every U.S. Senator and every member of the House of Representatives. Mm -hmm. So he was joined in this lobbying effort by American William Nelson Cromwell. um, And he was someone that was a corporate lawyer first hired by the French Canal Company trying to cut across Panama. So there's a heated debate on this proposed canal. Uh, But on June 19, 1902, the U.S. Senate voted in favor of building the canal through Panama. And so within six months, the Secretary of State John Hay had signed a treaty with Colombian Foreign Minister Tomas Haran to build the new canal. Um, But it has here that the financial terms were unacceptable to Colombia's Congress, and so it rejected the offer. So the foreign minister was like, yeah, this sounds good to me. Yeah. And their Congress was like, oh, no, no, man. Mm-mm. Yeah, um, more money, right? Yeah, <laughs> but Banu Varela and Cromwell—they were not finished. Um, so they went after the trifecta. So they got the French to sign over their con- concessionary canal rights to the U.S. So the French had already like worked out an agreement about what their canal rights were, and yeah. they got them to like sign them over. So now it was the U.S.'s. Um, they. And they had already convinced the U.S. to choose Panama. Uh-huh. Then, when you don't get what you want from a government, what you can do is you can fund and facilitate a revolution <laughs> that breaks Panama away from Colombia. So, <laughs> they, they literally did that. Um, President Roosevelt responded by dispatching U.S. warships to Panama, uh, to Panama City. So that was on the Pacific side and Colón, which was in the Atlantic. So to support, I'm using quote fingers, to support the independence. Um, Colombian troops were unable to negotiate the troops 
or the jungles of the Darien Strait, and Panama declared independence on November 3rd, 1903. Dropping a little bit of shade. There's just like... That's a lot of shade. Right? Shade. Okay. We're not so, getting what we want, so let's fund a revolution. I, this is, okay, I'm trying to think of, like, metaphors for this. Because the first thing I want to go to is, like, the fact that they were like, oh, you don't like us? Well, we're going to buy from someone you do like and just hang out there. Um, I can't think of a good metaphor. The funding the revolution, let's say there's a couple like you want to date someone and they're like, I don't want to date you. And then they're in a couple. You just manipulate the couple to break up. You're like, come on. Anyway, that's my, that's my metaphor. Yeah. Like how they made them, they made Panama break up with Colombia. Yeah. Yeah, they sure did. So they could get Um, Panama all up in this stuff. So on top of that, listen, this is Banal Varilla. He's a smart guy. So the new Republic of Panama immediately names him what is about to be the best description ever. (gasps) Envoy extraordinary and minister plenipotentiary. First off, it rhymes. It's the best job title in the world. And the, it's E-E-M-P? Yeah. So it rhymes, and then he's also the E-E-M-P. Yeah. And he literally has extraordinary in his job title. Yeah. I want extraordinary in my job title. Hey, you are (laughs) the extraordinary co-host of Historical Shade. Thank you. You're the extraordinary co-host of Extraordinary. Oh, thank you. So in his new role, he negotiated yet another treaty. So this one is the Hey Banal Varia Treaty of 1903. I'm just going to see how many different ways I can pronounce his name. In this okay. Podcast. I mean, like, you're doing good. You have a few. Going. Like, I think I'm up to like four at this point. So he names the treaty after himself, by the way. Yeah. So, okay. well, and it's him and John Hay. The, okay. I think it was John Hay. It's the. Um, okay. So it's John oh. Hay's name and his name. Yeah. Uh, oh no, I lost my pace by, place by scrolling up. Oh. I'm done to myself. Oh no. Okay. There All it is. right. So, so that would treaty was in 1903. So that gives yeah. the United States a 10 mile wide strip of land for the canal, mm. a one time $10 million payment to Panama, and an annual annuity of $250,000. Um, the United States also agreed to guarantee the independence of Panama. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> completed in. 1914 the okay this was not my quote so i just want to preempt that because you're gonna say it's sexy the panama (laughs) canal (laughs) symbolized u.s technological prowess and economic power i'm not saying (laughs) i'm just saying you still chose it you're still using these quotes I just like any time a historical article, like there's just, I mean, how many times do we read an article where they're like talking about the United States as if they're like describing a man's sexy body? Like they're just like, the United States was so powerful. They just walked into the room and they 
spread their democracy around. And you're like, okay, okay. <laughs> you thirsty for the U.S. I feel like this episode is going to get a letter from my mother that's a list of pronunciation corrections and also a list of what do these words mean because you kept talking about how you're thirsty and please, sweetheart, have a drink. You're probably dehydrated. I love you, mom. <laughs> we all love our moms. <laughs> I feel like my mom knows exactly what thirsty means. She's weird like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you chose that quote, though. I'm still going back to that. The U.S. was thirsty for power. Uh, <laughs> so although, the, so the control of the canal eventually does become an irritant to U.S. Panamanian relations. Uh, at the time, it was heralded as a major foreign policy achievement. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about those relations and drop in some more shade. So it officially opens in August 15th, 1914. So the plan it's a Leo. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's a Leo. What does that mean about the Panama Canal uh, personality? I mean, it's very proud. It's very... My, my shade takes place the same week. Whoa! Oh. That's crazy. I'm going to say it's the full moon. Yeah. Let us do that. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's very proud. Its hair changes a lot. You know. It's like us. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so the planned ceremony was the grand ceremony, excuse me. It was downgraded due to the outbreak of World War I. Mm-hmm. Um, it was $350 million to complete. So it was the most expensive construction project in U.S. history until that point. Some 3.4 million cubic meters of concrete went into building the locks. Nearly 240 million cubic yards of rock and dirt were ex. That wasn't even <laughs> like I was in English. That, that was the one that tripped me up. That's yeah. That's excavated during American <laughs> construction place phase. Oh, it's falling apart. I'm not even done. Okay. Um. So a lot of people died when they were <laughs> now to be fair it was it was built between 1904 and 1913 so this was nine years um but of the 56,000 workers employed roughly 5,600 of them were killed so 10 percent that's the best quick math I we thought. were so good we we're yeah. like yes we are extraordinary and mathematical hosts no 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 we're not <laughs> Please don't give us math questions. <laughs> so yeah, so 10% of the people that worked on it were killed. Um, and then the next thing I write is, I don't know how to end this because the United States keeps making it worse. So- There's a lot to unpack there too. All right. right. <laughs> so this is, um, this is my epilogue and it comes directly from the archives of the government. Um, is it sexy? I, no, it's not, it's not sexy, okay. sadly. But I do just, this is like a direct quote. I'm just going to read exactly what they wrote because I think it's important to see that like even the archives of the government (laughs) recognize that like the United States was essentially swinging their dick around. Oh. So the freight relation. about that. I know. (laughs) Hi, mom. Thanks for supporting historical shade. So the frayed relations between the U.S. and Panama began almost immediately after signing the 1903 treaty that allowed the U.S. to build and maintain the Panama Canal and the Isthmus of Panama. Panama was established as a country with U.S. assistance, 
shortly before the treaty was signed. Over the years, the Panamanians, 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 <laughs> cut that out, sought yep. to obtain more equitable provisions from the original treaty than the U.S. was willing to concede. So they're like just trying to make it more equal. And the U.S. is like, no. Nah. So the two countries addressed these issues through adjustments to the original agreement during treaty negotiations of 1936, 1942, and 1955. The need for continued negotiations was due to what the Panamanians viewed as improper interpretations by the U.S. of the original treaty. These misinterpretations revolved around matters such as the sovereignty clause, or the sovereignty issue, the in perpetuity clause, mm. which anyone that's an actor knows that in perpetuity is a bad thing. Don't sign that clause. Clause. Um, flying the Panamanian flag in the zone. Like they weren't even allowed to have the flag in the zone. Uh, the importing of third party goods into the zone. The exclusion of Panamanian goods and services from zone markets. So they weren't even allowed to like sell like valid complaints. Yeah. The U.S. is, is the U.S. on the other hand felt that the Panamanians used the canal as their meal ticket and exploited it accordingly. But there's just like no, nothing to back that up. Yeah. Uh, so most Panam Panamanians were convinced that the United States did not deal with them fairly and felt a high sense of frustration with Panama's failure to obtain adjustments in the canal treaty structure that would favor Panama's interests. Yeah. Panama deeply objected to the exercise of sovereign powers by the United States in the Cazal zone and considered the situation an affront to her national dignity. Um, so I could, like, I was at the point with that where I was like, gosh, I could have an entire episode <laughs> following this of Panama-US relations because they do get heated. Yeah. So I, I'm going to leave it as a little bit of this doesn't have closure because there's just more to these relations. Yeah. Um, so I used quite a few resources for this one. I used history.state.gov, history.com. Um, I used JSTOR. Of I found it. Yeah, I love that JSTOR, man. <laughs> uh, and I used Forbes. And I also... Um, the Department of State has something called Milestones in History of U.S. Foreign Relationships. Ooh. Or relations, rather. Not relationships. Sexy, <laughs> sexy, sexy. We don't need to know about all the people Jefferson's left with. <laughs> Sense. Or 41. I think there are 41 now. Yeah, 32 feels low. Um, that's yeah, so that's ten a letter. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that is the story of the building of the Panama Canal. Wowza. I'm excited to hear more, but I like what I heard. I mean, I didn't like what I heard, but it's just, it's funny to me that it's like, we're going to build this thing, but you can't have any part of it. You, you can't know? even, you can't even fly your flag. Yeah. Can't even fly your flag. Your people can't work there. So is it all, it's just Americans working? Um, yeah, I mean, it didn't go into details about like how the the Panamanians were discriminated against, but it did okay. say like, like they, their goods couldn't be sold. In the okay. How, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I'd be a little pissed too. <laughs> yeah. Like you're in my backyard. I should be able to sell my stuff. 
Um, cool. Very good, Julie. Very good. I just am thinking about so much. Uh, do you have some future light? Oh, future light. Okay. Um, choo, choo, choo. I always need to like think about these in advance. <laughs> I love it. So I'm like, what am I looking forward to? Um, honestly, I today is kind of like an actual weekend. Um, like I'm oh. not, I'm not working. I'm going to do things. Like I'm going to do stuff around the house. Yeah. Um, cause we have friends coming to visit, so I'm going to clean and yeah. I'm trying to be really conscious about eating and also like not eating like processed things. So I'm going to make some protein snacks. Um, and I'll probably do like, like a homemade facial or something. Ooh, just self-care to the max. Yeah, like self-care, but without spending money is where yeah. I am right now. Um, with that said, we are seeing Rachel Bloom tonight. <gasps> okay. I'm so excited. I'm I I think the world of her. Um, she's pregnant. I know. And she's such a beautiful preggy mommy. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like seeing someone that is so confident... Mm-hmm. but also so confident to talk about her challenges yeah, and to address things that other people are facing. Um, I think that crazy ex-girlfriend and I'm currently watching Superstore. I feel the same way about what they're doing. And, and I just think the world of America Ferreira, but just this sort of like, we're going to make you laugh a whole lot. And then we're going to kind of like punch you in the gut a little bit mm-hmm. with a serious topic that sort of makes you think about things. And then we're going to like back off for a while and make you laugh and hit you with it again. So that it's just yeah. like your mind. Cause I think like for a lot of us, if it's, if it's not something that's in your immediate circle, mm-hmm. it's so hard to really understand how other people could go through that because you have your own sort of perspective on the situation. So yeah. uh, If you have not watched crazy ex-girlfriend or superstore, please do. Oh my gosh. Crazy ex-girlfriend. Just truly one of my favorite shows that has ever been or will ever be like, yeah. And and thank you for the, all the audition songs from that, Rachel. (laughs) Yeah. I literally got my, I literally got bubble boy, the musical because of two songs from that show I sang villain in my own story as my like cut and then they're like if you could bring if you can play an instrument bring it and play something so I brought my ukulele and I sang um you're my best friend and I'm not yours on my ukulele and I booked it hashtag booked what is your future light um my future light is it's fall and it's my first fall full time in my where I live because last fall a year ago we were in Princeton New Jersey coming up with the idea coming up with the idea um but there was like back and forth and back and forth and so this is the first time that I'm spending like crunching the leaves with my dog like gosh yeah me too yeah yeah it's your first full fall in Boston right Mm mm-hmm yeah. I can't wait to wear boots and scarves and oh actually need them. Yeah. I've been, I've been doing that. I have jackets. I have, I have hats. Um, 
again, we are not sponsored by all these things we talk about, but I've like recently discovered ThreadUp and Swap.com mm-hmm. and just a treasure trove. I, I do like, I've noticed that um, in like the advertisement of thrifting, like there's some like super fr- fancy consignment company that's like constantly showing ads while I watch Superstore, which is ironic. <laughs> but um, but in, in like, it's talking about, you're getting like Louis Vuitton, but like mm-hmm. used. Um, but their focus is about like sustainability and like mm-hmm. they're, they're really pushing this, like it is more environmentally friendly to thrift, which is absolutely true. Yeah. Um, but also we do it because it's hella cheaper. Yeah. I, um, so in my school district, you had to do a senior project and in the senior project, you had to do something to raise money for an organization and it had to be something pretty big. So like people run 5Ks or they have like male beauty pageants or whatever to like raise money. And what I did was I did a, and it's one of those things I go back to because they also didn't want it to be your primary focus. So they didn't want the musical theater person to do something musical theater. They, right, know. right. And so I look back on it and I did a fashion show with all vintage clothing that you paid to get into the fashion show. And then we auctioned off all the vintage clothing. Um, and it was like pretty, cause I just love shopping. I love treasure hunting for vintage clothing, but it was to raise money for um, a women's shelter. And then the women and the children of the shelter came to the fashion show and had like coffee and cake and stuff. And then, but yeah, it's one of those things that I go back to that I'm always like, yeah, this is just one of those random sub points of my life that just brings me so much joy. That's such oh a my great gosh. story. That's like a Yay. past light. Yeah. I need the future past. light. I'll I'll put I'll put on our Instagram uh some uh pictures because I found the my little portfolio that we had to make. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Um I have to show you we'll, we'll end this episode very soon, but I have to show you a dress that I bought for forty dollars that's from the nineteen seventies that I'm obsessed with. So speaking of. But anyway, I'll do that when we don't have people listening. So uh, thank you for listening, everyone. You're going to cut out some of this, right? I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) This is like 30 minutes of material and 50 minutes of us talking. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye, y'all. underscore shade or facebook at historical shade we don't have a twitter thanks julie